This episode is brought to you by Bloat Games. Hiya folks, Old Man Grognard here. If you're looking for games that combine the classic RPG feel with the light, concise rule set of today's indie games in a variety of genres, you gotta check out Bloat Games. Their survived this rules take a cue from the old school games of yore and combine them with a stripped down but easy to understand mechanic that plays fast and fun, giving you an exciting, thrilling game session every time. Whether it's fighting off zombies, swinging a great axe and slinging spells in dark, dangerous, creature-filled forests, riding your 10-speed bike through monster-infested suburbs, or keeping the city streets safe from super-powered menaces, the survive this system is the one that'll keep your players coming back to the table. Check out these great RPGs, in addition to card games and other fantastic things they offer, at blokegames.squarespace.com or at drivethroughrpg.com. Bloke Games. The worlds are fiction, but the fun is real. Abed and all hope, listeners. You're listening to Radio Grognard, the OSR podcast about stuff, with your host, Glenn Hallstrom. Hi folks, Whole Man Grognard here. Hope you're all doing well. And it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood, all that kind of stuff. Well, let's see. What do we got on deck today? Okay, yeah, I wanted to talk a little more about the Five Room Dungeon. But first, I have a voicemail from John Allen Large about my Encounter Tables episode. So go ahead, John. Hey, Glenn, it's John here from the Red Dice Stories. Just been listening to your latest episode where you're talking about encounter tables. And in particular, I like the mention of the how to construct your encounter tables from the Monster Manual 2. I've got a copy of that, so I should be having a look at that shortly. Couldn't have come at a better time for me because I've got some sort of random encounter tables for my OSE campaign that are based on terrain type. But I've just started to think about, you know, we've got distinct areas and distinct regions on the hex map that are named now, like the wolf forest and stuff like that. And I've started to think maybe I should do some unique encounter tables for those specific areas. So like you come across walls more often in the wolf forest as like an obvious example. So I think that's going to be really helpful excuse me for me creating those tables so i'll certainly be looking at that so thank you very much for that i look forward to hearing your next episode take care and i'll catch you soon thank you very much john yes that you'll find that in the back of the monster manual too and it's just like a half page thing also i recently poked around ostrich ostrich also has a page on making your own random encounter tables. And these are, I don't know why Gary did it this way. Well, I kind of do. He was, he was all about, you know, like bell curves and, and odds and, you know, dice probabilities and all that. And he, you know, even in like, in, you know, the one EDMG, he's got this like two, three pages on dice probability. So you you use these tables with a D8 and a D12 and you roll them together and that's how you get the, the spread on it. But if you if you go into Monster Manual 2, you go into Osric and find it, you'll find something similar. What I like about Monster Manual 2 is they give you they give you a list of frequency of monsters for first edition. And the level one, level two, level three, I think they're talking about hit dice here. I'd prefer to do it on hit dice, but, you know, it doesn't always work out. But anyway, thank you very much, John. Thank you for that voicemail. Don't forget, guys, you can always send me a voicemail on Anchor. 
Okay, let's elaborate on five-room dungeons. Let me pull up my OneNote here. I use OneNote. I don't use OneNote at the table. I use it more as a, a general reference that I can always access. I put a lot of stuff in here from other sources. I've got a lot of pictures in here from books like the 1E DMG. I've got the whole Osric and 1E dungeon generation stuff. But anyway, I digress. So, we are... Let's see... Okay, real real quick recap on the five-room dungeon. It's five rooms, of course, and they consist of the entrance, the puzzle, the setback slash red herring, the big climax, and the reward. The reward slash plot twist or something. And uh, it just, you know, the entrance is, the gar you have a guardian or something like that. Puzzles, a role-playing challenge. The setback or red herring is some kind of trick, and and usually it's kind of a role-playing investigation thing, but not always. Then there's the big climax, which is the big boss or whatever, a big trap, however you want to do it. And then the reward, which is an, nor it doesn't have to be a, the fifth one doesn't have to be a room. It's just the reward or the twist. And the nice thing about the twist is it could lead to other adventures. Using five-room dungeons as plot hooks for adventures is really good. You can put a plot hook in every room in this, in this place, in this five-room dungeon. And people say, yeah, you can link them together. You know, you make like two or three of them and just have different sections of a dungeon and recording them off like that. Well, yes, you can. But as someone pointed out on YouTube that it gets a little redundant after a while if you keep doing it that way. So you got to change it up a bit. After you See, after I make my five-room dungeon, if I have time, I look at it and I go, okay, this follows logically. It follows linearly. Let's see if I can, I don't know, throw a monkey wrench into it or make something different. And then I'd start adding little rooms to it. If I want a bigger dungeon, I'll, I'll add little rooms. I might even go on one of these dungeon generation the tables on in the 1E or Osric or something like that to just generate, you know, different rooms, what's in the room. And if you can, if you can theme it back to your five-room dungeon, if your five-room dungeon has a theme, and I think most of them should, most dungeons should, if you can theme it back to the, the main rooms, that's great. But you can add little traps, little tricks, little secret places and hallways and things like that so it doesn't look like a fire it's a little for one it's a time waster for for the characters you want to extend the adventure out of bed and number two you can throw clues and other hooks like that you know it doesn't have to be the reward it doesn't always have to be a twist to lead you on to more of the dungeon or somewhere else you can do that in these little rooms like that uh say let's see um, let's go to room number three, the setback slash red herring. Okay. What you can do is you walk into this one room. Oh, it's a dungeon cell that has been used as a dungeon cell. You find a couple of skeletons in there from previous people who have been in there and they still, there's gear, gear on it. These are, these are non, non monster skeletons. They're just skeletons. And you find something on a pouch or a backpack of one of the skeletons that leads you to, or some kind of incriminating evidence, maybe a letter or a map or something like that, that incriminates this 
one evil sorcerer. And you think, oh, well, maybe he's the guy who set this up. Maybe this is a trap. Maybe this is his lair, his, his other lair or something like that. And, or, and you find out later on, I mean, you can hang, either hang on to that or go investigate it, get out of the dungeon or something like that. You can go investigate it and, and say you finish this dungeon. Maybe it's just a standard fire dungeon. Boom. You, you kill the bad guy, you get the reward out of here. You still have this letter. And maybe you think the big bad in here was protecting something that, and he put a guardian in there at the end that was really, really tough. And so you go look this guy up and you find out, well, I'm not to do with this, but that looks like my brother's handwriting. And I'll bet you that's my brother who, because you look up the, you look this guy up and you find out he was writing to his brother, taunting him about how goody two shoes he is. And say he's an, say he's an identical twin brother, only he's, he's like the evil, the evil version, the evil doppelganger, the evil twin. And, Next thing you know, you got to go hunting his butt. And so then you go on and on. And that's one way you could do it. You could put something in every single room here. They solve the puzzle, they get a clue. They fight the bad guy, the guardian at the, ga- at the gate, they get a clue. Something like that. Clues are wonderful. Clu- and so these, like I said, these are versatile. And I've heard you don't need to use them in a dungeon. You don't have to have a dungeon. This could be five areas you plan for your for your PC, say in a city. Say the entrance is the entrance to the gates of the city. Uh, the puzzle could, could be some kind of tavern or fest hall or inn, or 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 even like a gambling hall or a, an opium den or whatever. That you got to figure out why you were led here, etc., etc., etc. They are areas, and once again, you can expand on it. You can add alleyways, shortcuts to get different places. Maybe you have to go in the sewer. Maybe it's in the sewer. Maybe all this is in the sewer or something. And you can either have the five-room dungeon in the sewer or have the five-room format lead them into the sewer, which is more stuff. You can add another five-room dungeon on there or add more rooms or whatever. So this thing is infinitely versatile if you start thinking like this then you can start bending as as gms do and this is part of the gm's job to bend it to your will bend it in and play with it and things like that and there there's kind of an idea of how to deal with a five-room dungeon which i think is wonderful Anyway, I gotta go start my day. So, if you guys want to talk about this or anything else, oldmangrognar@gmail.com, or as I told you before, drop me a voicemail on Anchor. We are monetized, so as little as ninety-nine cents a month, you too can help support this program, and I would thank you. The people who do support me, I want to thank them. It's Jonathan Dorje, Wendell, Jessen, Oliver, Shriek, Gilbert, Soares, Juan Carlos, Llewellyn, Daniel Reynolds, Dan Gregg, Benjamin Brodell, Jason, Big John Allen, Large, and Michael Tompkins. Thank you guys, I appreciate it. Don't forget to listen to. Dan Gregg's Jung, Y-U-N-G, Jung Grognar podcast, Mark C. Wallring's The Awning Albert podcast, Big John Allen Larger's The Red Dice Diaries, and my friend Eric Tinko's Tavern Chat. So, until I see you folks next time, keep the dice warm, and I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Questions? Comments? Send them to oldmangrognard at gmail.com. We'll see you next time when Radio Grognard is on the air.